Word Radio On Demand, 96.1 FM and 900 AM WURD. Streaming live at wordradio.com. It's the holiday time and movies, yeah, they're great during the holidays because they feel good, right? But we're going to talk to a filmmaker who is, uh created a documentary about something that maybe not as quite feel good. <laughs> it's about another man in power doing bad things. And uh, his name is Cassius Michael Kim. And his movie is Man on the Run. And this is about one of the largest financial scandals in history. Cassius, so nice to have you on Reality Check. How are you today? I'm doing very well. How are you? I'm doing great. Now, this is the movie about a man, or should say the documentary, uh, true, billed as a true crime documentary on Netflix. And this is about a man named Low Tech Joe. He's mostly known as Joe Low. Uh, and he is a Malaysian man who stole billions from the Malaysian government. Tell us about how you got interested in his story and what made you want to make this documentary. Well, you know, I think recent history is littered with examples of rich people doing terrible things, Mm. Uh, rich people consolidating wealth at the expense of marginalized people. And this was just one more example of that, but also more lurid and scandalous than most. Um, I think the difference here was that so many people in this story have not been held accountable. Including and including Joe Lowe. <laughs> exactly, who is the right. man on the run in question. Right. Um, but also because it reached into the highest levels of Malaysian government, uh, while also involving so many people in America, uh, including, you know, um, some very famous people that a lot of regular American people might look up to or think highly of. And there's just been no justice, no accountability. And also for a story this large, there just wasn't a lot of awareness of the story, right? Even though a lot of the facets of the case would make you think that people would have heard of it. Right. Well, Pras from the Fugees is one of the people who was caught up and one of the only ones that has been brought to justice. He was convicted of uh, various charges in this case, but it all stems from his friendship with uh, Joe Lowe and how Joe Lowe at some point provided him with multiple millions of dollars that were stolen from Malaysia. One of the things I want to do, since you did say that this is not something that is well known for a lot of people, is let's just talk about what actually happened in this uh, massive theft. And even people like, uh, aside from Pras, Kamora Lee Simmons's husband, uh, Tim Leitner, was also caught up in this and he's been convicted as well. Yeah, Tim Leisner was one of the primary architects of the fraud, especially once Goldman Sachs got involved. Initially, prior to Goldman Sachs' involvement, Joe Lowe, Low-Tech Joe, also known as, uh, conspired with the former prime minister of Malaysia, Najib Razak, to create what's called a sovereign wealth fund, uh, which is a, an investment fund that countries create to put extra money to get interest on their money, to make money off investments, uh, to invest in infrastructure projects for the betterment of their people. And nominally, this is what that was also for the country of Malaysia and Malaysian citizens. Uh, but instead of that happening, 
almost as soon as any investment hit this investment fund called 1MDB, it was immediately stolen by Jolo and his cronies and used to fund a life of unlimited luxury um, to pay celebrities six figures a night to party with them. Uh, some notable names such as Leonardo DiCaprio, Jamie Foxx, Paris Hilton, etc., um, to fund this lavish lifestyle on the backs of uh, the average Malaysian citizen who lives on less than $20,000 a year. And this continued for between five and 10 years. And after the first major investment was stolen, Goldman Sachs got involved and financed three sets of fraudulent bond deals, uh, the, most of which were negotiated by Tim Leisner, mm. who is Marla Lee Sims' ex-husband, who was the head of Southeast Asia for Goldman Sachs and a notorious philanderer and a gentleman who spent quite a time Quite a lot of time in the courtroom last year, as did Pras in their separate cases. But right. neither of them have been sentenced yet. Right. And also a bigamist, I think, uh, Tim Leisner came out to be as well. He had uh, he was guilty of multiple things, it, it appears. <laughs> yes, and ma'am. also uh, apparently stealing uh, from Kimora's uh, former husband, Russell Simmons, who has just recently said that he's upset because some of this money that Tim used for his defense uh, is money that was stolen from Russell. So it's a lot of blame to go around here. But Joe Lowe obviously is in the midst of this, and that is the man on the run. And if you're just joining us, we're talking to Cassius Michael Kim, the director of the Netflix film uh, Man on the Run. It's a documentary about Joe Lowe, who really comes across as a, 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 one of the most notorious thieves in recent history. Uh, this documentary will be playing on Netflix starting on January 5th. And he really ensnared a lot of folks that we know in this, particularly Praz, who went down uh, for uh, receiving funds from him that are tied up in some things that Joe Lowe was trying to do, including a $20 million picture that he got of himself in the Obamas. And I say it's to, well, you can tell us why it actually ended up costing him $20 million just to get a picture with the Obamas. Well, I think a large part of Jolo's objective centered around influence peddling and the scam itself originated during the Obama administration. So at that time, Jolo, for his own reasons, as well as kind of expanding the sphere of influence of the Malaysian government, uh, tried to buy his way into access with mm. the Obama administration. And that involved Pras, as well as a gentleman named Frank White Jr., who was a bundler for the Democratic National Committee. Um, and it resulted in receiving an invitation to the Obama's Christmas party at the White House, where he was able to take a selfie with President, then President Obama. Uh, but that period of time also coincided with Obama's first visit, state visit to Malaysia, which was the first state visit by a, a sitting American president in many decades, mm. uh, where President Obama also took a photo with then Prime Minister Najib Razak. Um, that type of influence peddling extended into the Trump administration. Of course, by the time Trump was president, Joe Lowe was under quite a bit of heat. <laughs> so the nature of that changed a little bit in that Joe Lowe was now actively trying to bribe people to have the Department of Justice drop their case against him. And unfortunately, Pras was involved in kind of all facets of this 
uh, acting as kind of a go-between for Joe Lowe and the various contacts in the Democratic and Republican parties. You know, I think not, and maybe it's not funny, but I thought it was uh, a little amusing that Proz, in his defense, said, uh, I just thought that $17 million that he put in my bank account was just a gift. You know, I just don't think anybody gives you $17 million that doesn't expect anything in return. Uh, you'd be surprised how many people in this case say that. The former <laughs> prime minister of Malaysia, when I interviewed him in the film, uh, you know, there's a question of a $681 million uh, wire transfer that came into his personal accounts, which he, to this day, claims was a gift from a dead Saudi king, even though that money originated from bank accounts associated with Jolo. So Jolo, uh, you know, when he came to Hollywood and started throwing around all this money, this is the thing. I mean, we're talking about lavishness beyond what most of us can imagine. There's the story of him hopping on this plane and, and celebrating New Year's Eve in Australia and then coming back on the same plane and celebrating New Year's Eve in Las Vegas so that he could do it twice in the same time. I mean, financing the Wolf of Wall Street, ironically, uh, to the tune of $100 million, giving out lavish gifts to Miranda Kerr. I think they said that the uh, Justice Department couldn't couldn't even get a piano back from her that was a gift from Joe Lowe because it was too big or would be too complicated to get out of her house, like a million-dollar piano. I mean, how was he able to move in these circles without anybody saying, hey, where is this money coming from? You know, I think that's kind of the disheartening nature of this story is that the more you research it and the more you realize how it played out with so many dozens, if not hundreds of people enabling this crime to take place and perpetuate for years. Um, it's, it's a disgusting society where people will do anything for money. Uh, and it reinforces kind of the lack of moral clarity that exists uh, when people get handouts in front of them. But, but the worst part about it is like the people that are being offered this money aren't people who are poor by any means or in desperate need of money. They're people that are already rich mm. uh, and are more than willing to turn a blind eye to the shady nature of some of these activities. I mean, I mean, if you're parting with someone and they're paying you a quarter of a million dollars a night and then just throwing money around, uh, doesn't shouldn't that set off any alarm bells? Like as a rich person yourself, isn't that suspicious? Do you behave that way? Like when you see someone else doing that on your behalf, um, is there not some kind of responsibility to look into what this might be? Uh, I don't know. Um, but all I can say is in the course of making this film, I felt nothing but disgust for plenty of these people that are implicated in the scandal. So what made you want to do this? Uh, what made you want to direct this documentary uh, about a guy whose moral compass obviously is off and uh, is still evading prosecution because it's believed that he's being he's somewhere in China being hidden by the Chinese government? Well, I think that's just exactly part of it. Um, it's a story of a man who is almost amoral, but he's also never been held to account. So. As someone who's very interested in justice, um, how can you not want to tell a story, of such a sordid story, where this gentleman who has done so much wrong, not just for himself, but the people of his country uh, who have mm -hmm. suffered at his hands and at his largesse, um, 
has never been held accountable. I think aside from being just a great story, anyone interested in justice would want to tell the tale of someone who has escaped consequence. Do we learn? Long. Do we learn anything more about who he is? Because it seemed as though he was pretty uh, a pretty mysterious figure. One of the ways uh, that he was able to use his money to avoid prosecution was at one point, I believe, he had a yacht that he turned off the transponder on the yacht, so nobody could find him. He was just sailing around, and then he finally, I guess, went to China. But do do and the other thing about him is that he also came from a wealthy family. So he wasn't like some, you know, broke dude who was looking for a come up. He came from money. Well, I guess we, we could describe it as he came from a rich family, but not perhaps wealthy and aspired to be wealthy. Mm. Uh, and in regards to that yacht in question, it was not just any yacht, but a $250 million super yacht that is uh, considered ice class so that it could burrow through ice and glaciers. And when the heat got really hot, uh, he escaped to the Arctic Circle. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, that's from like a Bond movie, you know? Like, right. Where, where in reality does that kind of stuff happen? And I mean, I think getting into a little bit of the pros angle, um, Joe Lowe signed a retainer agreement with Elliot Broidy, who was a former Republican National Committee bundler. And his wife, Robin Rosenweig, represented Proz as his attorney. Mm. And this is kind of partly how Proz got enmeshed in this whole thing. Uh, but through Brody and his wife, uh, with Proz's help, they were offering like a 12, 20 million, I forget the exact figure, but a large sum of money as a bribe to the Department of Justice and Jeff Sessions, the then attorney general, to drop the investigation into Jolo in exchange for or perhaps accompanying the extradition of another Chinese dissident billionaire to the CCP. Uh, you know, Elliot Broidy himself was later found guilty of acting as a foreign agent, similar to Praz was. But of course, Donald Trump pardoned Elliot Broidy, which is the difference between he and Praz. I mean, it, it just boggles the mind, all of these actors in this in, incredible story, Man on the Run, that is premiering on Netflix on January 5th. So where is he now? Do we know? Uh, rumor has it that he is hiding somewhere in China, being ferried between Shenzhen, Macau, and Hong Kong by Chinese intelligence. Uh, he and his family, you know, spend a few weeks one location and are ferried to another location. Uh, but, you know, as to the sheer truth of that, I mean, that is what I've heard from sources. Uh, but perhaps someday we'll be able to see him reemerge from the abyss. And what is the Chinese government's interest in keeping him away from prosecution? Uh, there, I mean, Joe Lo knows where all the bodies are buried. And towards the end of the scandal itself, when there was a massive hole in the coffers of the Malaysian government, uh, the then prime minister, Najib Razak, uh, received substantial financial assistance from the Chinese government to kind of paper over those holes in exchange for uh, some, let's say, favor treatment when mm. it comes to questions of sovereignty in the geographical region, especially regarding to the South China Sea. And so this definitely expands into the realm of geopolitics beyond just celebrities doing stupid things. Uh, and that's where it gets really wonky. And, you know, the story just... Uh, it gets crazier at every turn. And that, that was another big reason why I felt like the story had to be told. Well, Cassius Michael Kim, the director of Man on the Run, the astounding 
because it certainly sounds astounding, true crime <laughs> documentary that peels back the layers of one of the largest financial scandals in history. Thank you so much for being with us on Reality Check today. You can watch Man on the Run on Netflix starting on January 5th and hear more about this just uh, hard to believe, just true crime, crazy story. Thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you very much. Have a great day. You too. You've been listening to Word Radio On Demand. Listen live at 96.1 FM, 900 AM, and online at wordradio.com.